is a cultural event, a baseball recap podcast where one of the hosts harasses Alfred Molina from a distance, and the other one contemplates if Alfred Molina is going <laughs> to reprise his role as Doc Ock or reprise his role as Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. Back to Digimon, because I knew there was, like, a kind of rebooty thing that I think that they did, like, last year or the year before that was, like, they're not Digimon anymore, they're Appmon, or, like... Wait, hold up! I didn't know that they transferred the apps? Yeah! What is this, Chili's? Like... Ah, oh, God, what the fuck even was, like, I remember, because I was like, I don't know, like, I like Digimon, I like Digimon a lot, but the fucking, like, now, now they're apps, I was like, this seems silly, and I mean, I know Digimon is silly, but- What, wait, how do you make them into, is there, like, a Digimon that's like, oh, you've used all of your gems for today, if you want me to use Bolt Blast, you're gonna have to either spend $1.99 or wait four hours. Alright, so here's- Use your parents' credit card, they won't mind. Here's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to redo the Wikipedia plot synopsis of Digimon Universe App Monsters. What the fuck, I hate this. In the year 20. 45, technology has finally evolved to a degree of prosperity for the world. Finally! In the <laughs> far off year of 2045, we've invented apps. <laughs> we've invented prosperity. The World Wide Web has become a world for app monsters, or appmons, artificially intelligent beings born within mobile apps. The series focuses on Haru Shinkai, an everyday junior high student. One day, he discovers an appmon lurking in his smartphone. Notably, smartphones is a hyperlink. That's a virus! Which, wait, wait, wait. Which reveals himself to be Gotchmon. No! <laughs> no, you can't make a show like this and then make it self-referential. <laughs> Look at your Gotchamon! Oh man, and the two become partners. Haru also learns from Gotchmon that the artificial intelligence Leviathan is creating viruses to turn all Appmons evil, and the two join forces to stop them. Yeah, hey, why don't you why don't you come and meet my fucking Appmon? It's called Pachinkomon. <laughs> No, was Leviathan not also the name of the Red Ooze in Digimon Series 3? Possibly. I'm gonna Google it. Okay, I'll continue reading. Yeah. As the series progresses, Haru gains the help of rookie idol Eri Karan, the famous app-tuber Toranji- <laughs> Torajiru <laughs> Asu- Asuka. Aptuber, the prodigy hacker Ray Katsura, who is in search for his younger brother that was kidnapped by Leviathan, and Haru's best friend Eugene Ozora, each one partnered with their own Appmon to help defeat Leviathan and restore balance between their two worlds. So yeah, wow. <laughs> So that's what, like, that's where I was like, oh, right, because they did that weird reboot, because Digimon was kind of consistent? 
Yes, no, not really. It didn't have apps. It was consistent in the lack of apps, I think. Yeah, it was consistent in just... Ugh. So I'm I'm looking up uh, Digimon Leviathan, and it looks like Leviathan was only in uh, Digimon Universe app monsters. Damn it! What was the What was the name of the creature in? Digimon Series 3. The Leviathan is, at least in the manga, a sexy babe. Of course! Because it can't be Digimon unless it is weirdly horny. I apologize. It was D-Reaper. Oh. <laughs> of course. Jesus, Evan. I'm- listen, uh, how- I'm- I'm a fool- how? Digimon Tamers is peak my childhood. How could I forget? Christ. Should we start talking about Blazeball? I guess we should start talking about Blazeball. I'm sure we'll circle back to the Digimon reboot. Yeah, before we turn into a Digimon recap podcast. Look, we could go that direction. We've opened Pandora's box for you and me just hanging out on Discord, recapping dumb things that we love to each other. We've created like a Fibonacci spiral of recap podcasts. Every single time we record a recap podcast, we invent three more and each one of those recap podcasts we invent another three recap podcasts, and it just spirals into perpetuity. Yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> Coming to you pre-recorded during the hopefully better year of 2021, this is, this is a cultural event, a baseball recap podcast. I'm your host, Evan Saft. My pronouns are they, them. Joining me as always is your other host, Eli. Hello, everybody. My name is Eli Lee. My pronouns are also they, them. Oh, no. Nothing, nothing extra this time? My goodness, 2020 is a new year. 2020... Oh, shit! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> 2021? We are, uh, let, hello, my name is Eli Lee, my pronouns are they, them, and we have gone six minutes into this podcast before one of us fucked up the year that we were recording it in. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing better than us. Oh, man, it's a bad time. It's a bad time, but you know what? It, we're, we're here, we're together, we're hanging out. How are you? How are you, Lee? How's this week? Uh, you know what? Could be worse. You know, it's it's the new year, uh, fresh, clean slate. I got off of, like, a four-day break at my job, and by four-day break at my job, I mean four days where I was at my apartment checking my email compulsively at least once a day because I have terrible anxiety about my work. But we're in a, we're in a new year, baby! You know, it's a, it's a new start. It's like a modern philosopher, Brian Adams, said in the soundtrack for Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. It's a new world. It's a new start. It's alive with the beating of a young heart. <laughs> it's a new day. It's a new plan. And it's waiting for me. Here I am. And also Kofi Kingston was there. Yes. Because it was a new day. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we should probably get into baseball because there's there's a lot to talk about this season. We are on the home stretch, Evan. We're on the, the last season before we get caught up. Yeah, yeah. Who who would have known that we were going to get here this soon? Not I. I didn't plan for this. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're going to have to start thinking of actual content to produce starting oh. next episode. <laughs> so this is season eight. Season eight of Blazeball. Our subtitle for this season is Rest in Violence. I love it. Yes. What a vibe for 2021. 
So, before we get into the events that, that occurred during the season, let's talk a little bit about where we left off last season. So, if you recall, we, we met the Monitor last season, that, that squid, that good, good squid boy. They were talking about tiny eggs. They were talking about wanting to eat a big egg. They talked about if we wanted to see our friends again. And Blazeball reached a, a new Patreon level for something called the Hall of Flame. Quick, quick diversion before we get to that, which is just the absolute beginnings, because I did forget to mention this last time, and I just want to quickly go over it. Last season, the bloodbath that we discussed that did not happen the previous season also did not happen and will not be happening. It is announced that the bloodbath, while it was originally intended for rebalancing, that generally the game bands seemed to think that enhanced party time was going to be a better choice for balance. So the bloodbath has been postponed indefinitely. There's some discourse about this, mainly from a couple people who would have gotten benefits from it, but didn't. But anyways, moving on. Hey, it's it's out with the bloodbath, in with the enhanced party time. Yeah, and in with the Hall of Flame. So, we see, starting this season, a new page for the Hall of Flame. The Hall of Flame has a list of every incinerated player, except for, of course, Jalen Hotdogfingers, who returned from the dead, and Thomas England, who was transformed into six-pack dogwalk. You can select any of these players and tribute a peanut to them, one at a time. The Hall of Flame board is organized by most peanuts to least peanuts. And we also see, for just a moment that there is a blue line visible under the top 14 players in the Hall of Flame. Notably, 14 players is exactly enough to make up a standard baseball team. Hmm. Hmm. Mysterious. The Hall of Flame we will we will see come up a lot during this season. It, it, it's also we we see as you recall every player was given 10,000 peanuts last season. So People have a lot of peanuts to spend pushing people up in the Hall of Flame. We see, you know, campaigns to push up very popular players. We see campaigns to diversify between various teams. As we're going to hit a couple times this season, we're going to ping the discourse corner again. Woo! As the crabs, the Baltimore crabs, the fans, realize that with 14 characters and with the people who have been incinerated in the hall, that if everyone worked together, we could get the top 14 players to spell out Baltimore Crabs with their initials. People get very upset over this. We're not going to get into it, but an idea is proposed and there's backlash against it. <laughs> Moving from that discourse corner, we, of course, have our returning weathers going through our, our normal thing of weathers. We have three incinerations technically during this season, but here's the thing. Two of those are players, and then the third of them happening on day 94 is that a rogue umpire attempts to incinerate a player on the Hawaii Fridays. However, if you will recall from our blessings last season, a member of the Hawaii Fridays has the Iffy Jr., the sawed-off bat, and is able to deflect the incineration, and the umpire is incinerated instead. Our first instance of non-player incineration. We learn on the Discord that this was umpire Husky. Ump Husky was incinerated, trying to incinerate a member of the Hawaii Fridays. 
And um, in a a little known maneuver known as the I know you are, but what am I? Mm-hmm. As you might also recall, as uh, speaking of incinerations, you might recall Jalen Hot Dog Fingers from last season, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hot Dog Fingers was beaning players. Love it. Those players were becoming unstable and deaths were being collected and those players were being incinerated. We see a change this season as the microphone on Twitter mentioned striking a deal with Jalen. Jalen no longer has the modification of debt but instead refinance debt. And now Jalen is still beaning players. She's still all about getting those headshots. But rather than marking them as unstable, we see on day five after hitting Marquez Clark that players hit by Jalen this season become flickering instead. And as we find out on day 21, after Sophia Patterson is flickering, Flickering, much like unstable, increased the likelihood of being incinerated. Flickering greatly increases your chances of being feedback swapped. To this end, we have a only a, a reasonable number of feedback swaps this season despite that. We see nine feedback swaps over the course of the season. Not too many big ones to go over here. I do uh, want to bring up Allison Abbott of the Seattle Garages is swapped to the Dallas Stakes. This is notable because Allison Abbott has like a whole lot of art done for her. Like she was kind of the almost mascot character of the Seattle Garages just because like this one artist did a very grunge sort of punk chick with like a nail bat so or a barbed wire wrap bat i'm trying to remember i'll i'll look it up um i will say allison abbott is also just a teen detective ass name like when (laughs) allison abbott is not on the baseball diamond allison abbott is out solving mysteries (laughs) but also a notable we have two feedback swaps during the same game this is later on the season as on day 90 in a match between the Philly Pies and the Hawaii Fridays, Eduardo Woodman and Alyssa Harrell swap places in the feedback. And then later in that game, Eduardo Woodman and Alyssa Harrell swap places in the feedback. So our first, our first ever case of two players being swapped back and forth during the same game. Just two ships passing in the night. Yeah. Repeatedly. <laughs> And our second contender, besides Holden Stanton and Nagomi McDaniel, for two players being swapped back and forth between the same teams. There are 28 blood drains over the course of the season. Lots of sipping going down. That's too many to go over. I will bring up a notable fact later on about this, though. The only other weather to go over before the start of our season is peanuts. We had about six. Six people eating peanuts. Not not a lot to go over. So, getting into our season. Now, Lee. Do you remember what was happening with the tacos way back before even the playoffs of last season? It doesn't involve, like, diced onion and a reasonable amount of guacamole, does it? I mean, it certainly got an amount of cheese. Because, if you recall, the tacos offered up their entire pitching lineup to be shelled. Oh, that's right. The front office told us that play must continue, and we see that that is going to be the case as the Tacos are giving a new pitcher, Pitching Machine. Ooh. Notably, Pitching Machine is an absolutely average pitcher, which meant that they were better than most of the Tacos pitchers. (laughs) Additionally, Pitching Machine 
as we learn, is still subject to normal rules because Pitching Machine drinks some blood over the course of this season and gets better at pitching multiple times. Yeah, you just you gotta get your iron level up. Yeah, yeah. And the, the final note here is that Pitching Machine becomes basically a printing machine for cold hard coins because if you recall... We've mentioned idols, right? Mm -hmm. That you can idle a hitter or a pitcher, and based on what they do, you'll get payouts, and that pitcher payouts are better than hitter payouts. Since Pitching Machine is the only pitcher for the tacos, you could just idle on Pitching Machine and get pitching rewards every single game. And Pitching Machine is a solid pitcher, particularly after drinking blood. So Pitching Machine is is just churning out money to the point where we're going, we're, let's ping the Discourse Corner again. Yes. Because, my God, we get Discourse over Pitching Machine being a scab. Who would have thought that a game that was so meticulously planned out and designed as Blaseball would come up with such glaring flaws in its system? <laughs> People? If you can't trust Blaseball to be a completely glitch-free, abuse-averse system, what what's the point? I might as well just go play a Bethesda game. <laughs> but yes, no, there's a litany on 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 the on the Blaseball Discord. There's a litany of discourse over Pitching Machine being a scab. <laughs> I I like that Pitching Machine is being accused of being a scab and not being a counterfeiter. Pitching Machine is gonna just walk off with the fucking plates from Castle of Cagliostro the way Fujiko did. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, so yeah, that happens. As we continue through the season, after day 32, we see the Minder show back up. Okay. Hey! Monder's here. Get any eggs? And the Monder says, that that egg's still not back? Shame. No egg. You like seeing your friends? You can see them all you want. Just keep those eggs coming. Hurry up. Sounds reasonable. This one at a time thing is killing me. Shovel them in there. Maybe the Monitor is a bodybuilder. <laughs> so, so the notable thing is that there is a change to the website after this happens. Previously, the start of this week, you could only tribute, uh, I almost said tribute eggs. You could only tribute peanuts to the Hall of Flame one at a time. So if you wanted to, you know, tribute a hundred peanuts, you'd have to click a hundred times. This added an update so that you could actually have a slider to select the number of peanuts that you tributed. Kids these days are too coddled. You used to be you would have to use all of your cookie clicker skills in order to appropriate the amount of peanuts that you wanted to use. And then you know what? If you got carpal tunnel syndrome, that was just in the Lord's hands. Oh, I mean, Lee, that has been Blaseball up to this point, even besides tributing, because up to this point, you've had to buy votes one at a time as well. And recall, between having to buy up votes every season to make sure you didn't get hit by Eat the Rich, and the fact that generally, if you were active on, on Blaseball, you could get to thousands of votes per season. <laughs> Cookie clickering was already a process. There were scripts being written for buying votes, just so that people didn't have to repeatedly click. You know, I think that 
I might I might sound a little bit salty about this, but I think that genuinely what we should be trying to do is to make the world better and easier for our children. So if this was your first season of Blaseball, then congratulations. We've made it a little bit easier for you. Also, I can't wait for the class action lawsuit that everyone files against the Blaseball devs for giving them just absolutely fucking terrible tendonitis. <laughs> A cadre of people in a courtroom, all of their hands shaped like claws. On day 67, the pitching machine menace is somewhat reduced. As Sexton Rewer, another pitcher of the tacos, is unshelled by the birds. Bird weather strikes again, and now the tacos have two pitchers. One is very solid in pitching machine, one is Sexton Rewer. On day 61, Patty Fox of the New York Millennials Pitches Blaseball's first perfect game, garnering a win against the Boston Flowers and finding the Nine Blood Blagon Ball. Yes. Now, again, I'll, I'll just give a note here for anyone not familiar with baseball or Blaseball. A perfect game is a game in which no batter manages to get on base at all. Neither, neither from hitting, from walks, or from hit by pitches. It is not what I thought before this. Which is that I thought a perfect game, you literally had to get 27 strikeouts. Which, I don't know if that has a name. I don't know if that's happened before. I thought that's what a perfect game was. Because that seemed perfect. You couldn't get any better than 27 strikeouts. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, but no, uh, this is still cool, though. It's still cool. That's fine. Yeah. And that actually, that takes us pretty much to the end of our regular season. I know we've we've been rushing through this a bit, but like, there's just, there's so much to jump between. (laughs) Speaking of, at the end of our regular season, that fucking Peanut shows up again. Oh, god damn it! And Peanut says, It is complete. Wait, what are you doing? I give you snacks. And you waste them? Stop it at once! Seriously. This is the exact same thing I say to my cat when I feed him and then he knocks his bickies under the fridge. It is complete. So apparently, Peanut, not very happy about the Hall of Flame and us tributing Peanuts rather than eating them. However, after the Peanut shows up, Monder's here! Yay! Hey, wait, come back. Damn. What happened to your friends? By the way, Monder getting us our first PG curse with damn. Uh, oh. <laughs> what happened to your friends? Another moment in baseball history. Are they eggs now? Hmm. Still hungry. What the Monder is referring to is going back to the idol board. There's a couple things. So the first thing is that the ominous red line was back this season. This time it was the top five players. And we see, we, we see, Happening this season, we see three new players being shelled, those being Pitching Machine. So now Sexton Mirror is the only pitcher for the Tacos. York Silk, having been a super idol and paying out extra coins and also having that gunblade back. Despite protests by the Fridays that York Silk is not allowed to be in the top five, is in the top five and is shelled. And for the second time, Jessica Telephone is reshelled. Jessica Telephone is back in a shell. God damn um, it. I should, I should also note, I forgot to mention this earlier on, we see that players, after they have been unshelled by birds, have the effect super allergic. We don't know what that does, and honestly, like, at this point, and honestly, even at this point, like, 
current time, we still don't know what super allergic does. I feel like I could take a fucking guess at what super allergic does to a person. Usually well, it kills them. Well, that's why people are like, wow, maybe if, maybe if Jessica Telephone goes in a peanut shell for a second time, she'll die. But she didn't. She came out, you know, fighting for an evil god. Maybe allergies, maybe, maybe we need to unlock a new level of allergies in our realm. Maybe. Or, you know, maybe it only happens when you eat peanuts rather than being encased by them. That's fair. There's also a little bit of science done during this post-cycle as well. The crabs pushed up Axel Trollolo, who was already shelled, up to the top five to see if anything fun would happen if a player got shelled for a second time. It, nothing happened. But, you know, we, it's science. You gotta, you gotta try. You gotta figure it out. You gotta try. Yeah. But also... We see that there are three microphone icons next to 6th, 11th, and 18th place on the idol board. There's a lot of discussion over the course of this season about who should go there. You know, the question is, hey, what if we put the three peanuts on them? What if we put some, some players who were previously shelled on them? What if we put shelled players on them? There's nothing happening over the course of the season while we're seeing this happen. Like, it's not like the, a later season where we see icons light up or anything. But what eventually is decided on for this season, what eventually is decided on and hit is that at the end of the season, being placed in the 6th, 11th, and 18th places are Jalen Hot Dog Fingers. Because Jalen struck a deal with the microphone, right? Mm -hmm. According to this earlier season. Not a number, who is the original Wyatt Mason, who we believe is somehow communicating through the microphone. And Six Pack Dog Walker, who, as you recall, has the pregame ritual of speaking to the microphone because of the whole massive data loss when they had to be reconstructed. All that we see happen is that these three players are given a permanent flickering status. Additionally, not a number and six-pack dog walker are given the modification of receiver. Again, something that we're not entirely certain about. But that's the end of our regular season. We have a couple new shell players. We have a couple uh, new flickering players. Coming in first this season is again my beloved Baltimore Crabs. Yes! 74 wins to 25 losses. Coming in second are the Seattle Garages with 65 wins and 34 losses. And bottom of the league are the Yellowstone Magic with 29 wins and 70 losses. Second to last goes to the Kansas City Breathmans, a far fall from their second place Second place in the good way last season. Which means that going into our playoffs from the Mild League, we have the Seattle Garages, the Philly Pies, the Hades Tigers, and the Dallas Stakes. From the Wild League, we have my beloved Baltimore Crabs, the Boston Flowers, the Hellmouth Sunbeams, and the Houston Spies. In round one, remember, the Philly Pies and the Hades Tigers both have two championship wins already. One more win, and they will ascend. In round one, the Philly Pies sweep the Seattle Garages, and the Hades Tigers defeat the Dallas Stakes 3-1. to one. The Baltimore Crabs sweep the Boston Flowers, and the Houston Spies sweep the Hellmouth Sunbeams. Three out of four sweeps in our first round. It's a it's an impressive set of games, which means in our semifinals, we have the Baltimore Crabs versus the Houston Spies, and the Hades Tigers 
versus the Philly Pies. This is where I would make my usual joke, except there's no way that one of these teams doesn't lose. So hey, the Philly Pies are defeated by the Hades Tigers 3-2. Philly Pies are out of the running for Ascension, which means our Internet Series Finals are the two-time champions and once great powerhouse of the Hades Tigers, possibly still great powerhouse, but you know, they they suffered a lot last season, versus the Baltimore Crabs. If the Hades Tigers win this game, they will ascend. Yes, Tigers. The Baltimore Crabs win three to one. Okay. Which means the Baltimore Crabs have made it to their second championship. The Baltimore Crabs are your season eight internet league champions. And we now have three different teams with two wins of the championship. We are that close to Ascension. Also, Evan, earlier you said it was impossible for, like, both teams to lose the game that they were playing. I would like to point out that it does not feel like that's a thing that's impossible to happen in baseball. Okay, fair. Negative uh, points exist in baseball. At that point, all bets are off. Well, I think, I, I don't know if there's record of it happening, but I believe if both teams ended with negative points, the one with more negative points would lose, and the one with less negative points would win. No, I'm I'm picturing, like, the peanut coming down from, like, the heavens and being like, well, if you can't be civil, then no one wins. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, that- Get off, get off the field. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that kind of happens. Uh, <laughs> and we're not getting McDonald's after this. So that's, that's, that's our playoff season. The Crabs, two-time champions, defeating the Tigers. Tigers do not ascend, which brings us to our election. Now, before the election, fucking peanuts here. <sighs> you fools. Seriously? Seriously. 100 million snacks wasted, you fools. That is it. Strike four. You are out. See you soon. I'd be mad if people wasted that many snacks too. Yeah, I mean that so so people have people have donated over a hundred and million peanuts to various players in the Hall of Flame at this point. And so we get our election results. We have our decrees, we're only gonna have one decree winning this season. On the ballot, we have wild cards. Every season a random team from each sub-league will leave party time to become a fifth playoff team. A best of three wild card series will happen on Fridays. Relief. Next season, the bottom four teams will have relief. When one of their pitcher gives up five runs, they'll immediately be replaced by a pitcher from their shadows. And double jumps! Whenever a team defeats the team currently leading their division, they'll earn an extra win. Permanent effect. As I'm sure you recall, the winner for this season is Wild Cards, winning with 65% of all decree votes. People wanted more Blaseball, and Wild Card is the one that gives us more Blaseball. It's a shame that Double Jump didn't win, because that could be very useful for getting stuff off of high shelves as well. <laughs> the deck is shuffled, cards drawn, play will continue. Which takes us to our blessings for this season. I'm going to note one quick thing before we get into specifics blessings, which is just... So you will recall last season that we had bless-off happen, right? So the top mm -hmm. four teams weren't, weren't allowed to win blessings. So most of the top four teams, most of the players on the top four teams just saved their votes and just flooded this season with votes. 
Notably, I'm not even going to get into a huge amount of this, but the Baltimore Crabs, the Baltimore Crabs do not win any blessings this election season. The Baltimore Crabs were the highest bidders on seven different blessings this season and had an 8.5% chance of winning nothing. And that crab luck just came in. Oh, crab luck. No blessings for the crabs this season. They they reached too far with their little pincers. <laughs> the crabs won the championship and just went, give me those blessings. And the gods just said no. No, the crabs have to be humbled. Crabs, crabs go down because crabs are trying too hard to go up. So... Getting into our actual rewarded blessings, the Seattle Garages win four blessings. The first, Forever Physical. Ron Monstera gets the Stable modification. Stable players cannot become unstable. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. Promo code, which is recruit a sixth pitcher. They recruit Lori Boston to their pitching rotation. And you also get a 5% off of your first order on Quip. Yeah, use promo code Seattle Garages. The third blessing they win is Home Field Advantage. They have Home Field Advantage in the next season, which is that their team will start with one run while they are the hosting team. And the final blessing that the Seattle Garages win is New Kid. New Kid is incinerate the least idolized player on your team. The least idolized player on the Garage's team was Ron Monstera, who had just become stable. <laughs> so Ron Monstera becomes stable and is then immediately incinerated and replaced by Durham Spaceman. <laughs> the Tigers win three blessings. They win anti-burnout, which is that their team is immune from incinerations next season. You can imagine why they were very keen to get that this season. <laughs> After after last season, they also won Composite, which is that their worst pitcher, Nagomi Meng, retreats to the Shadows. They will not be replaced, so the Tigers only have four pitchers now. And finally, they win Blind Date, which steals star hitter Alden Cash Money from the Hawaii Fridays and sending back Spears Taylor. So, the Hawaii Fridays are very much hurting after this, given that their first star hitter, York Silk, is in a peanut shell, and their second star hitter, Alden Cashmoney, has been stolen by the Tigers. Our second blood blessing, Base Instincts, blesses the Hellmouth Sunbeams. I actually, I just realized I forgot to go over this over the course of our season, but if you recall, last season the Dale won Electric. Mm -hmm. Their players, their team had the Electric modification, which was basically just that they would occasionally zap away strikes. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Yeah, it's Electric. Base Instincts. All the Sunbeams players have the base blood type. Since I don't recall whether or not I went over that in our first episode, I'll go over it now. A team with base instincts, batters will have a chance when they are walked to go multiple bases rather than just go to first. Not bad. Not bad. Also, no, that's basically, I was going to say also like there's a weird scene where they like uncross their legs and I think Alfred Molina is there. I've not actually watched Basic Instinct. Oh, I thought that you were implying that Alfred Molina uncrosses his legs in Basic Instinct. <laughs> Maybe he does! Which would make for a far more interesting movie. I haven't seen it! He could! 
<laughs> Show us the goods, Al. Uh, returning, returning in Spider-Man 3, Alfred Molina, <laughs> not as Doc Ock, but as basic instinct character, who I think, I, I don't even know, I don't even know for certain if, if Alfred Molina is in that movie. I, I think he is. <laughs> Uh, the Houston Spies win replacement elbows, improving the pitching of Denzel Scott by one star, Math Velasquez by one star, and then Math Velasquez again by another star. So Math Velasquez showing off some math as their pitching is improved by 20% and then 20% again, which means that overall, their pitching was increased. I just, I was going to do math in my head, but then fucked up. I <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, you could have you could have presented possibly the worst math you've ever done to me and I would accept it without yeah. any kind of question. Gods, I'm trying to think there if you're it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my god. Now I have to do this. <laughs> oh fuck it. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm too tired. My math brain is done is done for tonight. It's all right. fine. You do math and it's a it's a number and we're all like, ooh, ah, what a number, and then we move on. There, that's what you missed by Evan not doing math for this episode. Yeah, you're going you were going to learn that, you know, 120% is when you do that by a hundred by another twenty percent, that's that's a different number than forty percent. Ah. Anyways, the Philly Pies won the hotly contested blessing of Affinity for Crows. Ooh. The Philly Pies now have Affinity for Crows. Their players will play 50% better in bird weather. Love bird weather. Yeah. The Philly Pies also win. Who? You too? Stealing the least popular player in the league, Jackson Buckley, from their own team, the Philly Pies, and maxing their stats. I assume that Jackson Buckley moonlights as a country singer. <laughs> <laughs> technically sending back their worst hitter, Farrell Siegel. But again, they're on the same team, so technically all they did was max out one of their players. I don't even know if they switched positions in their batting rotation. It's possible. I don't know if it was actually recorded, whether or not. The Mexico City Wild Wings are... <laughs> are last season champions. <laughs> oh, man. The Mexico City Wild Wings win two swap blessings. They win divisional swap. The Wild Wings are swapped into Mild High from Mild Low, swapping with the Breathments, and then they win Sub-League Swap, which swaps them into Wild High and swapping the Millennials into Mild High, which means that the Mexico City Wild Wings have taken their rightful place in Wild High, even though that is probably statistically very bad for them. But you know what? Wild Wings, you're in the Wild League now. Welcome to... <sighs> You've graduated. Our second... Blood blessing this season is AstroTurf, blessing the Boston Flowers. All the Boston Flowers now have the grass blood type. Oh, they're Bulbasaurs. Yeah, which means that they have the growth attribute. Growth teams will play better as the season goes on, up to a 5% global boost by the season's end. The Charleston Shoe Thieves win Radical Alchemy. Whoa! Radical! Which randomizes the stats of their worst three players. They get solid returns on this. Snyder Briggs, one of their pitchers, goes from half a star to two stars. Their worst hitter, Simon Haley, goes from one star to three and a half stars. And their second worst hitter, Hotbox Sato, goes from one and a half star to two stars. They also win Thief in the Night, which steals 
pitcher Fitzgerald Wanderlust from the Unlimited Tacos Shadows. So that is not a steal from a roster, it steals from the shadows. Ooh, from the shadows. As Reaper Overwatch famously said. <laughs> Reaper Overwatch is a solid baseball name. <laughs> you know, you're right. <laughs> The Candom Moist Talkers wins Barrel of Tiny Eggs! Yes! Each fan of the Candom Moist Talkers gets 10,000 peanuts. The Breckenridge Jazz Hands win Precognition, improving Holden Stanton's, our good boy Holden Stanton, hitting by 20%, and then Baby Doyle's hitting by 20%, and then Baby Doyle's hitting by 20% the second time. Remember that math I didn't do earlier? I'm again not doing it here. I'm liking this. And... Fuck that. <laughs> the Kansas City Breathments win Party Line, a duplicate of the Moist Talkers pitcher Mooney Doctor, Mooney Doctor II, is created by the Breathments and takes the place of Atlas Guerra, who retreats to the shadows. And finally, our final blessing for this season, and our final blessing in our entire sort of recap, our final blessing, the Yellowstone Magic win Lottery Pick, reaching into the Garage's shadows, Chorby Short answers the call, Terrell Bradley is sent back. And that's the end of our season. That is the end. We are all caught up now, Lee. We're back to where we began. The cycle has been complete. Do you have any any comments, any questions on this season eight? You know, it's hard to make a comment on just this season, given that this is kind of like the culmination of an, an era for us. You know, we started in media res and we we moved forward and then backwards and looped around to where we started. You know, it's very it's it's very good that I have an incredibly poor memory because I can't remember shit about what we talked about in the first few episodes of this <laughs> podcast. So essentially, I could just loop around and start listening again and be surprised and delighted by the new world that I've stumbled upon. <laughs> like a time capsule that I prepared for myself. Yeah. Yeah, this is um this is where we're at. Jalen Hot Dog Fingers, you know, returned the peanut. There's going to be a, a siesta after this season in the timeline. We know that next season, from our conversations, that the peanut will show up. We'll get our first boss battle. This is honestly right before I mean I say it's right before things sort of take off in baseball. And I I definitely think that next season is 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 a paradigm shift but it's very interesting to to have started where we were and gotten where we are now and the sort of thing here you know is i i could ask what you what you want next out of next season but we we already went over that season so well you know you claim to not have memory of it i don't know if that's useful and we're 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 honestly a little in flux about what we're going to be doing with this podcast, at least for a bit, because Blazeball has been noted that it's going to return this year, but we still don't have a date. So we're going to we're going to figure that out. What we want to do here, we might go as we teased in the past. We might go look at the court cases that happened. Lee, I know you wanted to go into some of the some of the AO3 uh, stories. Yes, I will be diving headfirst into the archive of our own baseball stories as Scrooge McDuck dives into a pool full of money. We might be having some guests on to talk about some things happening on the periphery of baseball, but it's listeners, it's gonna be it's gonna be an adventure. The recap has ended, but in a way that's a very exciting thing because it means that. We we get to start something new and exciting, and I hope that everybody will come along with us for the ride. Yeah. And then when Blazeball returns, you know, we'll still be here to go over what's happening. Then we can go back to phoning <laughs> it in. 
Listen, listeners, you'll know that we've given up if before baseball returns, this changes into a different recap podcast. (laughs) It'll just be, rather than just the first five minutes of us talking about nonsense, it'll be 30 minutes of us talking about, I don't know, Young Justice. Welcome to This is a Cultural Event, a Whiskey Rebellion recap podcast. (laughs) That's right, I'm going all the way back to the beginning of U.S. history. But until then, listeners, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this cycle. The first arc of Blazeball. As always, I've been Evan Saft. You can find me on Twitter, at Names Equipped. You can find both of us on our other podcast rollout, playing a Queer as Fuck Mask campaign. And until next time, Lee, do you want to take it from here? Yes, as always. I have been Eli Lee. You can find me on Twitter at It's Hamhawks. And until next time, I hope that all of your endings give way to even better beginnings. Thanks to the garages for letting us use their song, and I mean all gods, as our theme. You can find more music that they've written about baseball at thegarages.bandcamp.com.